Yo, welcome to another one. Today I wanted to actually talk about a article that I had written a couple years ago about basically a major issue that I think a lot of young people face and that has to do with financial knowledge and financial education. And specifically one topic within that is the amount of money that people end up spending on their car especially uh especially boys because um just generalizing on average guys end up spending more money on their cars and the whole premise of the article was that this is a this is a topic that is just not taught anywhere and it's something that is incredibly difficult to wrap your head around if you don't really think about the total costs that a car can have and how literally buying a car at the wrong time in your life can set you back financially by, I would probably say, a decade uh, just because of the added expenses that pile up and as well as the cumulative expenses every single month. I'd actually written the article, but unfortunately I can't find it anywhere because I must have either deleted the file and then the website that I had posted it up on online, I, I stopped paying for the, uh, the right to have the website running. So, um, it was like a Squarespace website or something, but I have, I also, what I did was I, I wrote down the basis of it in a YouTube video I posted a couple of years back. So I have like the, I guess the spark notes of it in the YouTube video's description, and I'm just going to use that as a guideline. So I, I, I kind of like summed it up into like, I think it was like five different things, or maybe it was three. It looks like it's three but I'm going to kind of read it and then follow along and give some commentary on it. So I should first begin by, by saying that my whole argument of this was like, what is the best car to buy in your twenties? And I kind of use that as like a, a catchy title, but it was, it was kind of a, it was, it was kind of less to do with the actual literal car to buy that it would be the best in your twenties and more about what it should cost and what things you should think about when picking a car. So, so first I argued that when it comes to picking a car, it's actually way more expensive than you think. I wrote maintenance costs are what are where maintenance costs are where it will really get you. Have you ever wondered why you can get a decent BMW for five to seven grand when the starting price was well over 60 grand? The vehicle depreciates dramatically as soon as the warranty is over because the costs of maintaining the vehicle do not go down just because it's older. Basically, what happens uh, the moment you buy a car, and I think everybody knows this, is when you buy a brand new car, the moment you buy it, the let's say you paid $30,000 for it, within a couple of months of ownership, that vehicle's value drops significantly. This is what's referred to as, as depreciation. So that initial money that it, that item was worth 
now it's worth a lot less. And some cars get bitten by the depreciation bug a lot harder than others. BMWs and Mercedes-Benz vehicles are, are just gen, generally speaking, German cars are, are pretty bad for this. Same with British. And it has to do with the cost of maintenance, which is exactly why, what I'm arguing here. I, um, and then I say, in addition to maintenance, the car will continue to depreciate in value. Unless you own a collectible or a car in very high demand, it will continue to lose money no matter how much it was worth, meaning every kilometer added to it will slowly reduce the value of the vehicle. Remember that trip to McDonald's? That just lost 50 cents on your car. That road trip, there goes 10 bucks. You might think, so what? I'm using the car. If it, depreci if it depreciates, it's just the cost of my enjoyment. I had this exact thought process, but it was wrong, and it will likely cost you thousands later in life if you continue to think like this. What I was arguing here is many people don't really uh, factor in the cost, and then when you tell them about it, they basically argue that, well, that's just the cost of using the vehicle. And my argument to that is, is that it doesn't have to be that way. There are so many high-quality um, vehicles in the used vehicle market where you can spend $5,000 and have a car that start its starting value is well over 40, 50 grand. It's a couple years old, has some mileage on it. The thing runs perfectly reliable. And for the most part, when it's at that point, it won't really lose any more of its value unless you like beat it down or a major, uh, like a major mechanical issue comes up most of the time you get your money back. I've owned, I believe I'm on the sixth vehicle now that I've, and every single vehicle I owned was used. And when you just look at the amount of money that I spent and how much I was able to sell each vehicle I bought, with the exception of just one of them, I always came up uh, in the red, in the, in the black. Like I actually got more uh, money for my car when I went to go and sell it than when I purchased it initially. That doesn't mean I made money on the car because you have to obviously consider the cost of ownership like insurance and just regular maintenance, but the actual value of the car for the most part didn't depreciate with the exception of one of my cars. I move on and I say, you may think that you can afford it, but you can't. Okay. So this is, this is the part where I kind of talk about um, how people start to make money in their early adult life when, let's say if they're in trades, they finally get their ticket or they get a, a they're not entry worker laborers anymore. So they're, they're getting a decent salary and they qualify for a nice car or, uh, you know, you're just gotten out of school, university, you've paid off some of that debt, maybe all of it. Or if you're lucky, you don't have any, you're finally making good money and you, you think the next big step is to get like a brand new car or a really nice car. This is where it, that's going. I write, if you're in your late teens or in your early 20s, odds are you have just started post-secondary education or entering the workforce. With that assumption, chances are you're not making the fat stacks. Your biggest asset at this time is your potential and your time and energy, not your cash flow. Here's a question. How much money will you make this calendar year? Let's assume you're working full time making $15 an hour. At that 40 hour at 40 hours per week, you will make $28,000 a year before taxes if you don't miss any days. 
That's a decent wage to make and may seem like a lot of money if you're young and a few expenses. So why not buy a shiny car, right? Okay, it looks like this example was a little different than what I anticipated. To be fair, I haven't actually read this, so I'm going through this live, but basically I'm getting at maybe somebody doesn't really factor in how much a car really costs, and I'm trying to use an example here. So the reason I brought up the $15 and 40 hours a week wage, I'll it'll be explained right now. Now, let's say you want to buy an $8,000 car with taxes and registration costs. So this is the, the person making 28K before taxes. That car costs 28% of your rear, yearly salary. This requires saving money from 534 hours of your labor at $15 an hour. Or think of it as three months and three weeks of full-time work just to buy that car. In reality, it is actually a lot more when taxes are accounted for. This applies as well, even if you're making $100,000 a year and you go and buy a $40,000 car or a $50,000 car. Many people, because, uh, and it's, it's the next issue that I bring up, because of financing, don't really look at the total cost of the car. They just look at how much they will be paying each month. And because that amount of money hopefully is significant, well, I mean, if they get qualified for financing, it will be significantly below what they actually make and what their total debt is. It seems like, oh, okay, whatever. It's just a, just another bill that I'm just going to have to pay. And that's just the way of life. And my whole argument here was, even if you're making a hundred K a year, you shouldn't be financing. So I build on that. So the third point is you may think you can afford it or sorry, no, you actually can't afford it, but the bank can. I cannot stress this enough. You should never finance a car. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to, I wrote this. I don't fully agree with that anymore, but for the purposes of this video or yeah, for the purpose of this video, I kept it very simple. There is a bit more nuance to financing, but let's just, let's just keep it simple for the average person trying to get a car. Don't finance. This may be contradictory as many people have told you that you need to finance a car to develop a credit score so then you can one day get a mortgage. There are many ways to develop your credit card that don't involve paying for something you can't afford, such as purchase everything, purchasing everything on a credit card and paying off the balance every month. Basically what I'm trying to get at is it's true. A lot of people think that for you to build credit, you need to uh, like have debt. And that's not actually true. You don't need to acquire debt where you're paying interest on it. You can build your credit by paying off monthly credit card debt on time. So then you are never paying the interest rates that accrue on them. So long as you pay the entire balance. I, I continue when I say banks and car dealers are more than happy to help you pay for something you can't afford because they always win. You will get approved because you are the one taking on the liability, not them. If you can't make the payments, the bank still wins. They can repossess your vehicle or place your loan into collections, but they spin it in a way to make it feel like they are doing you a favor. They are not. You are being played. I will show you here with an example. Let's go back to that $8,000 car you really wanted. Let's assume you borrow that car completely, meaning 100% uh, financing. I did that for the 
simplicity of, I guess, some of the math. I go on and I say the average interest rate for car loans in Canada is about 6% depending on the bank and your credit rating. Over a two-year term, you will pay $355 every month for a car for the car until it's paid off. That comes to a total of $8,532. You just burnt $532 to interest. With that $15 an hour job, that is 35.5 hours or a full work week that you paid in interest. This is no different. Okay, yeah, I basically add on to that. It's basically, I say, this is no different than working a full week, taking that cash, throwing it in a dumpster, and setting the dumpster on fire. Perspective stings, doesn't it? I'd like to propose the idea of delayed satisfaction, meaning that taking short-term sacrifices in order to have long-term rewards. I'm not suggesting if you don't buy that car now, you'll be a millionaire in 10 years. It's not that easy. I'm saying you have to apply the concept of delayed satisfaction to everything in your life. Practically, this means reducing your expenses and saving as much money as you can, not to spend on things later, but rather to invest on things now. In simple terms, if you spend $1,000, you lose that money and get something out of it, but that money is now gone. If you invest that $1,000, that money either grows or makes money for you, or at the very least is there for you if you need it in the future. The mindset is what, this mindset is pretty much what every self-made millionaire has used to generate their wealth. I'm not being hyperbolic here. All I do all day is watch podcasts or interviews about wealth, financial freedom, and entrepreneurship. I have everything I have heard everything from real estate investors to online business owners to trade persons. Every one of them who got to a millionaire or multimillionaire status on their own got there from applying the concept of delayed satisfaction. They were willing to live like no one else in order to have a life like no one else in the future. They did this by reducing their expenses working their tail off and saving their money until they had enough to invest in something they understood. And that was the end of my uh, YouTube video description. Basically, what this comes down to is we all want our shiny toys and I'm one of those people. I love cars. Right now I drive a 1991 Mazda Miata. It is not practical at all. It's a rear wheel drive. It's tiny. The windows fog up. I can barely see unless I roll all the windows down in the middle of winter. It has two seats. Uh, for some reason, the key no longer opens the trunk, so it has no, so no storage uh, as of now. But it doesn't really cost me anything. It's very fuel efficient. And it was cheaper than the other cars I've owned in the past. So whatever. It's it's not practical, but it's it's not costing me anything more than a practical sedan would. And I figured I might as well have fun with it right now because there may be a time where I can't. But, and the, one of the main reasons I actually wrote this article was I almost screwed up my 20s by buying, almost buying a brand new car. And I'm not even joking about this. So this is the story. It was around the time where I was looking into buying my first car. I eventually ended up getting a nine, a, 
I think it was a 2006 Jeep Wrangler, which um, was quite expensive. It was a financial mistake, but it wasn't a um, a life-altering financial mistake that I almost made. So at that time, I was a full-time student, but I was also, I had a really high-paying job at the rec center. I was a lifeguard and I taught swimming lessons and I was making like, um, at that time they were paying us like 23 bucks an hour, which is a really good wage to be making as a student. And, uh, it was seniority based. So I, I had worked there enough where I could pretty much work 20 to 40 hours a week easily if I wanted to. So I could, while I was in school, so I could easily make bank if I, if I really needed. And at that point, I really wanted to buy a car because I was just using my mom's and I thought it was the right time. And, you know, being the guy I was, I wanted to get a car that was kind of more, slightly more unique or like had a, some sort of flair to it, something that was just different. Like I didn't want to get your cookie cutter commuter. I wanted something to be fun, which is why I ended up with the Jeep. But I, I went through many options. Um, I kind of laugh about this now that at that point I thought this was a cool car, but I was uh, really into the Honda Civic SI, which is like the slightly sportier version of like the most popular beater and or commuter in the world, or at least in, in North America, I should say. <laughs> and um, I remember there was like a, a new generation that had just come out at that time. And it was like, I think it was like $24,000. And I almost did everything that I literally just said not to do. So A, I was probably making about 30 to 40 grand a year, depending on how many hours I worked at the pool. And this car costed over 50% of what I made. So there's the first mistake. Second, I had looked into financing and I figured that if I financed the car, I only had to worry about the monthly uh, cost of the vehicle. And what was funny was that the monthly cost of the vehicle was basically 50% of what I made um, if I didn't put anything down. But I had a little bit of money aside. So I, it, it would have been like, I, I think around that time I was making just over 28 uh, a month. And when I was working full-time, but it wasn't every month, but basically it, it was going to be um, a huge chunk of, of what I made. And at the, the next thing was that it was brand new. So the moment I purchased it and drove it off the lot, it would lose a lot of its value because it was a Honda Civic SI. There's like 30 million of them in my town alone. And we have a population of like hundred thousand. So I, I almost made every single mistake that I said not to do. And what was interesting is it's not like I was just a naive kid not knowing what to do. I spoke to friends my age that have owned cars, my own parents, people I worked with, my supervisors at work, because I was really excited about getting a first car and I wanted to like you know, talk about it because the cars were cool. Not a single person 
and I probably spoke to about a dozen people. Not a single person pulled me aside and was like, hey, this all, it's kind of a financial mistake, bro. Like nobody, like I even talked about the numbers. I even talked about how much I made. And I said, oh, you know, I can afford it. You know, one, every two weeks I got two paychecks. One of my paychecks can go towards the car. One of them is towards my, my, uh, you know, just sits in my savings account. And then whenever I have to pay tuition, I pay tuition. Not a single adult pulled me aside and said, bro, this is a dumb, dumb idea. Nobody. And it's not like I'm like six, seven, 300 pounds of beef that like people are like afraid of me. And it's not like I was speaking to like strangers that maybe felt like they were stepping out of bounds. I was speaking to the people that were closest to me. No one pulled me aside and told me it was a bad idea. And my theory is that none of them knew it was a bad idea. Or that none of them really thought it was that big of a deal because that's probably what they do. Or they know many people that they do that do that and just think that that is the way the world is supposed to be. That is a huge problem if that's the case. If I'm right, that's a huge problem. I could be wrong. Maybe they were intimidated to tell me. Maybe they don't want to burst my bubble. But it, you'd figure at least my parents or my closest friends would tell me. And I don't blame them. I just don't think they really knew what was going on. Had I made that mistake, I would have been in debt for a vehicle, a liability that loses its value every time I turn it on, I would have been forced to work more hours, which meant that I would have less time and energy to put towards school, especially during the time where school got busy and difficult. And had I chosen to sell the vehicle, I would have lost a massive amount of money if that, if that had to happen. And I genuinely think had I gotten that car, it would have forced me to work more hours. I probably would have been too stubborn because I was quite young at that time. Too stubborn to like let it go. I would have like just worked and worked and worked, not devoted time and energy towards school and probably would have gotten worse grades, which would have meant that a lot of the things that I'm able to do right now and all the, all the opportunities that are open to me right now would probably have not been possible because I'd be busy working. So thank God. God, I decided that getting a Honda Civic's SI wasn't the cool car that I wanted, and instead I went for the Jeep. Now, I made some mistakes with the Jeep. I paid too much for it, in my opinion. I it was like a it was like a gas guzzler that at the time I couldn't really afford, but I still did it anyway. So, like a lot of my money was just going into just the gas of the vehicle, and I even knew that it was a guzzler, but. Uh, you're young, so you don't really give a shit. Eventually, I did sell the Jeep, and I bought a regular commuter. It was like a Acura EL. It was really nice, actually. It, was, it only cost me two grand. It had heated leather seats, had a sunroof, you know, we had a working AC. It had an auxiliary cord uh, thing, so like uh, input thing. So like it had everything you needed, and it was like a five-speed manual. It weighed nothing, so it was like, fun to like just rip it around two grand and like luxurious enough for a small family like 
that too, and, and no mechanical problems. I had some maintenance costs, some brakes and tires and stuff, but no mechanical problems. I had to replace the clutch. Okay, there were some mechanical problems, <laughs> but all in, I probably spent like thirty five hundred on the vehicle, and it was it was like a quarter of the cost of less than a quarter of the cost of that other Civic that I wanted. And then when I was done school and I was making more money, I went back and I got another Jeep, but this time I was aware of the issues, the common issues that Jeeps have. And I was able to get one that I could actually afford and I actually ended up making money on that Jeep. I sold it for $2,000 more than I bought it. But my point with this whole episode was in our lives, uh, we, we tend to want things because we see other people have certain things. I think that if you're patient and you're smart with your money, you will end up having things if you want them later in your life that most of the people that you know will never be able to get because they fall down the same rabbit hole. They finance their vehicles when they can't afford them. They trade in their new vehicles for another new vehicle every couple of years and just lose money on the depreciation over and over and over again. Don't be a loser like that. And it and when I mean loser, I mean a financial loser, not a, I'm not judging people's character. My bit of practical advice when it comes to cars, this is what I've learned. Know the market value of the vehicle you want to purchase. See if you can get one that's a couple years older or like the generation before the one that you're trying to get, because usually you'll save a lot of money that way. Unless you are taking that money that you would have used to purchase the vehicle and investing it into something that will give you bigger returns that offsets the cost of financing, never finance a vehicle you can't afford. And lastly, it's okay to swap cars all the time. And I have a buddy of mine who does this constantly, but this is, he's very smart about it. He buys used vehicles he knows how to fix them up, drives them for a season, and then sells them. And with the exception of one vehicle, he's always made money on the vehicles that he's bought. You would be surprised what you can get for $3,000. Anyways, that's the end of my rant. Hope you enjoyed that story. Hope you took something out of it. And I will see you next time.